verses 1 through 11. It's called the promise of the Holy Spirit. What Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over the course of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this as they were watching, he was lifted up in a cloud that took him out of sight. While he was going, and they were gazing upwards towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them, and they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up for you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Are you enjoying service this morning? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. I am enjoying service and I have my message preached to me already when I saw the three young girls showing us what worship is all about. Because worship is to be enjoyed. We're in the presence of God. And we know that God loves us. And we know that God is good. And that all the time, we're here to celebrate. We're here to celebrate God and his goodness towards us. And in the process of celebrating, we also think about those among us who have reason to celebrate. And this morning, we want to join Jenny, whose birthday will be on the 7th, I believe. We want to sing happy birthday to you, Jenny. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. 
Happy birthday, dear Jenny. Happy birthday to you. Today we celebrate the ascension of Jesus Christ. We celebrated his death on Good Friday. We celebrated his resurrection on Easter Day. And it was after his death and resurrection, he appeared to his followers many times over a period of 40 days. And during this time, he taught them and reassured them about things to come. And it was in this process of Jesus teaching his disciples new things and giving them the assurance for the future that the disciples wanted to know if Jesus would now restore the kingdom of Israel. But Jesus said to the disciples, it is not up to me, it is up to the Father. And he instructed his disciples not to depart Jerusalem until they receive a very special gift. And that gift is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because receiving the Holy Spirit meant something all Christians. Because without the gift of the Holy Spirit, the disciples or the apostles were not going to be effective in their mission for Jesus Christ. Receiving the Holy Spirit then meant for the apostles of Jesus, they are receiving power to do what Jesus wanted them to do. The apostles would now be witnesses of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem and all of Judea and all of Samaria and to the ends of the earth. My friends, in Christ's final appearance to them, they stood watching as Jesus was taken up into heaven in a cloud. That is the event we celebrate today. It's known as the ascension of Jesus Christ. Before Jesus Christ ascends into heaven, he gave them one thing to do. He gives to the apostles their new assignment. They are now to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And my friends, when Jesus was giving them the assignment before his ascension, Jesus did not forget you, did not forget me. Because listen again to what he said to the disciples. He said, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which was home for them at that time. 
you will march on to Judea and spring over to the Gentile territory of Samaria and to the end, end of the earth. In other words, Jesus was saying, I know, humanly speaking, you 12 are not going to be alive for 2,000 years. But guess what? Disciples of Jesus Christ are going to multiply every day in the world, and you will still be my witnesses. And that is where we come in. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, individually, as disciples of Jesus Christ, collectively, as the church whose foundation is Jesus Christ, we carry out the assignment Jesus gave to the people who were with him on that day and to every one of us. This is what Jesus said. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus was entrusting everything he had lived and died for to these disciples and those followers of his yet to be born. The assignment is simple. You are to be a witness. No matter what, how we put it. That's all Jesus wants us to be. A witness. That is Christ's plan for reconciling the world into himself. We are witnesses. People who have experienced Christ in their individual lives and are willing to share that experience with other people. That's as simple as it is. You have received Jesus and you want to give Jesus to somebody else. You have experienced the goodness of Christ in your life and you want to pass it on to somebody else. And you can do it in your Jerusalem, which could be your home, your neighborhood, and even your church. Because every time we meet, we are witnessing to one another. From the moment somebody enters the church's building, we become witnesses to that individual. The way you greet the person, the way you embrace the person, the way you let the person feel that the person is in a different place, different from the world outside. The way you make that person feel that the person is among Christ followers. I 
How do you witness to people around you? We don't want to appear hypocrites. Witnessing for Jesus with our lips and betraying Jesus with our lives. And this is why the other thing that Christ did before he ascended is so important. He promised to send his Holy Spirit because we as Christians really can't do it all by ourselves. We, we need help. Amen? Amen? We need help. And Jesus recognized that. He said to the disciples, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait for the gift from my Father, which you have heard me speak about. It comes upon you. My friends, a picture is worth a thousand words. You paint the picture in your mind. You paint the picture in your mind as I tell this story. The woman was 83 years old. Or, we can say 83 years young. A grandmother. And she was standing in the checkout line at a grocery store. And she was talking with this young boy of his $5.99. was very proud of his $5.98 watch he had just purchased. Paint the picture. Somewhere in their friendly conversation, she asked the boy where the boy goes to Sunday school. I mean, just picture yourself. At Dorothy Lane's, because I've been there for the first time last week. Picture yourself, and then you turn to this young boy, and you're just talking. $5.98 watch, he's so happy. And then comes the question, where do you go to Sunday school? The boy didn't. And then the lady said, could I call your mother and see if I can pick you up every Sunday? We have a choir too. The kids have a lot of fun when they sing in the choir. So every Sunday, the, this 83-year-old woman pick up 10-year-old James for Sunday school and for choir. His sister asked if she could come. Then the mother wants to come to the children's choir concert. And soon, the entire family started going to church. In that 1973 Pontiac 
of an 83-year-old grandmother. And one day, the family, which means the mother and the children, joined the church. Do you see yourself getting involved with someone in your family or neighborhood, like the 83-year-old grandmother? She was simply obeying the command of Jesus to be a witness. That's how we witness to people. God is a friend of mine. You don't need to be afraid of God. Thank you, Jenny. And it is that friend of yours, Jesus Christ, who gives you the challenge and says, I love you so much. I see all the potentials in you that you can be my witness. Amen? Amen. That you can be my witness. And I think Jesus says there is no interview for that position. You just have to believe. Because you have to believe so that you can give to people your experience. See, we're not giving borrowed experience as Christians. We're giving personal experience. And that is why testimonies are called personal testimonies. Because I'm telling you what Jesus has done for me. Period. How many of us will do as the 83-year-old woman did for a boy in the grocery store line, joined by the sister, joined by the mother, and finally they all became members of the congregation. There are three things I want to suggest to us this morning that a witness ought to be. Three things. Number one, a witness, if you want to be a good witness, you need to be credible. You need to be credible. I believe we could all agree on that. There are a few people we dislike more than hypocrites. People who publicly stand for one thing but secretly practice something else. You have to be credible. People have to believe you. You have to say to them, I know a man, his name is Jesus. I believe in him. I have experienced him. I want you to taste of this Jesus I know. That's the way it started. When Jesus, go back to the calling of the disciples, when Jesus called them, there was one disciple by the name of Philip who said to his brother, come and see. Nathaniel says to Philip, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And then Nathaniel met Jesus, and the rest is history. My friends, you have to be credible. You can say to people, I go to a church called Church of the Cross United Methodist. The people are warm. They are friendly. The praise band, the chancel choir, lift your spirit up. Just come and see. Come and see. You have to be credible. Secondly, a good witness needs to be caring. 
You know, you can be as credible as you want to be, but if you're not a caring individual, you might lose somebody. The 83-year-old lady was so caring that Sunday after Sunday, she would pick up this young boy, this young boy and, and his sister, this young boy and his sister and his mom, and they came to church to Sunday school. You have to be caring, my friends. There is a saying in business today. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that's what people want to know. How much do you care about me? And if that is true, my friend, in this business world, how much more is that true about those who represent Jesus Christ? No one cares about how much you know until they know how much you care. How much are you willing to sacrifice for the Jesus you believe in? Are you willing to go the second mile for the Jesus you believe in? Jesus so loved us that he did not only go the second mile, what did he do? He gave his life for us, amen? That's how much he cared about us. That's how much God loved us. And all Jesus is saying to you is, just find one person. Be credible to that person. And be caring to that person. It was very bitter, my friends. This young man, very bitter, broken. We'll just call him Bob. He was a patient in a drug and alcoholic treatment center. But he wouldn't get into the spirit of the treatment which the, the, the center offered him. The 12-step program he held in disdain because it spoke about a higher power. And that higher power is God. God said, Bob, without shame, was a joke. And we have people like that in the world today. Bob had a special counselor, a middle-aged individual. Bob would not listen to him anyway. But this man believed in God focused on his belief in God. The key to the man's life was what he called an encounter with God. He was like Bob, but he had an encounter with God. He never pushed his experience with his God with other people. He didn't have to. He would sit and eat lunch with the people around him, especially with Bob. And those around him will have a sense of refreshment 
Although he didn't say very much about God, people sensed that he was very, very close to God. He believed in God. After a time, Bob was discharged from the program, having shown very little progress. And he was back within a few weeks. Because within a few weeks, he had another drunk driving arrest and another job loss. And so he came back to the same center. And the first thing he asked for was this middle-aged man who was trying to help him. And this middle-aged man made himself available. And the reason, in Bob's own words, that he wanted this middle-aged man to be his counselor again is, he said, I don't know if it can work for me or not, but I know that if there is a God, it is the God I sometimes think this middle-aged man has. Oh, it made a difference in Bob's life. Bob got to know that this middle-aged man cared about him. Do your neighbors know that you care about them? How about your friends? The people in your office? Members of your own family? To witness for Jesus Christ, you must be credible and you must be caring. There is no there is no doubt about that, my friends. Your credibility as a Christian is at stake. And your determination to care for people counts. And finally, we can say to ourselves, a good witness must not only be credible or caring, a good witness needs to be committed. Needs to be committed. We are supposed to be advanced persons for Jesus Christ. Advanced persons for Jesus Christ. You know why? Because he's coming again. In the beginning, John the Baptist was the advanced person for Jesus Christ because he was going to be born, his first advent. For his second advent, his return, we are the advanced people. For weeks, I believe, advanced people from the United States have been in Great Britain. And you know why? Because the President of the United States of America begins a state visit to the United Kingdom tomorrow. And when the President is coming, you send advanced delegation to do all the preparation, advanced people to make sure he will be secured so that when he's in London, everything goes as planned. And that's what we as witnesses of Jesus are doing now. We are the advanced people to make sure that God's kingdom grows every day. And God's kingdom will not grow, does not grow, may not grow without us.
being involved in what Jesus wants us to do. I mean, God can grow his kingdom without me and you, but Jesus says, I want you to be involved. Amen? I want you to be involved. You are that advanced person. So this morning, my friends, I would ask the question, how good a witness are you? It's really a simple assignment if you choose to accept it. Live credibly as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Be a person who cares. Be proactive about it. Live boldly. Confidently. Creatively. So that the world will know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says. You will be my disciple. In Catherine, Ohio, in the dating surrounding area, in the state itself, and to the Democratic People's Republic of the Congo, where we have a missionary, you will be that witness. Are you ready to witness for Jesus Christ? My, you can start it today. When the service is over, don't just rush home or your Sunday school class. Just stand there and talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Ask them one or two questions. Then you can go. When I came in this morning, I was standing there talking to somebody, and I saw this gentleman that I've never met before. And I went and greeted him. And he told me, he's the son of the pastor who was here. And I was excited. Because when you see a preacher's kid, you better be excited. <laughs> My friends, go out and be a witness for the Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the disciples of Jesus Christ say,